you are experiencing HR After Dark, solving the people problems that keep you up at night. We exist to make the people part of business easier for leaders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and business owners of all kinds. And thanks for joining us for HR After Dark. I'm so excited about today. I'm your host, Jada Willis, CEO of Willis HR. But more importantly, we have such a special guest today. We have Jared Hanning, and he is really a mindset master. I've been spending some time on his website and just getting to know a little bit more about this this mindset guru. And first off, Jared, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So tell us, our listeners, we have listeners all around the world. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I would say my background is as a classical musician. Uh, I spent 20 years with the South Carolina Philharmonic. I was principal viola. And uh, during that time, I was giving a series of talks, the musical secrets. So the musical secrets of leadership or the musical secrets of um, productivity. Because what a lot of people don't know is when you're engaged in making music, even if it's just singing uh, along with the radio, (laughs) driving to work, in that moment where you are co-collaborating, you are using more different parts of your brain than any other activity. This is well-documented with MRI studies, and this is a sharp contrast with athletic performance, where the better your body is performing, the less of your brain is using. It enters a meditative state because it can't afford for glucose to go to the brain. That glucose needs to go to the muscles. Hmm. Um, So at that time, I was teaching people how to use different parts of their brain on demand because this opens up a tremendous areas for growth uh, as both as a person, but also in business. Um, now, of course, uh, I am full-time in mindset and performance, training people how to think at a higher level. Oh, and I am so excited you're here. I think that we're all going to benefit and I get to really just dive into our topic today. And our topic is why trying harder won't get you there. Man, I really, but that's what we've been told though, Jared. If you just try you work hard, hard, work hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> Need to work hard. Um, yes, uh, coal miners work hard and all they end up with in the end is emphysema. Oh, um, so true. Trying harder doesn't help because it's more of the same. Now, now the problem is mm-hmm. it looks like it helps. And it looks like it's helping. But what you're really ending up with is just more of the same kind of results. And so this is sort of like a huge distraction from the root problem. When you are checking things off your to-do list, checking them off your list doesn't address the reason that they had to be done to start with. This is a, just a bad strategy that we cannot solve with stubbornness. I mean, even if we are like Olympic levels of skill when it comes to stubbornness, um, we just can't solve that with stubbornness. Like returning emails today mm-hmm. doesn't fix returning emails tomorrow. Um, as a matter of fact, for every email you send, you are just producing 1.2 more emails. So email by definition (laughs) is not a productivity tool. (laughs) It just produces more stuff to get done. And this is what trying harder is like. Checking things off the list gives you the illusion that you're getting things done at the expense of actually moving the ball forward. And that's why tomorrow 
you'll still be stuck checking things off the list. Wow. I mean, you're so right, but I felt so good even before, you know, our our call here. I mean, I feel so good checking things off my list. I make little boxes, I highlight, and and you're telling me that's just that's that's not really that's not good. It feels good. It's an addiction for sure at the expense of our wallet. So yeah, t- trying harder, uh, it, it doesn't help. It just masks the root problem that uh, we have to deal with uh, later on in the future. It kind of just delays the medicine. Gotcha. So yeah, yeah, we are talking about symptoms here, right? And then you get you have to get to the root of the, the issue. So I guess what what tips do you have to help us as small business owners, as entrepreneurs to get to that root, right? Stop treating the symptoms. Let's get to the root. If I could take up some space on a wall in your office, I would be a sign that said, if I'm doing the work, I'm falling behind. And then um, if I could take up some space on another wall in your office, I would be a sign that said, the less I work, the more I make. Productivity isn't about getting things done. Um, We know this because, I mean, not just in the work I do, where we look at the actual thinking patterns and and we see what's going on in the brain. Anecdotally, we know this to be true because the people who pride themselves the most for getting things done, the type A achievers, Mm -hmm. they always have more on their to-do list than they have time to get done. Because when the brain believes that taking action produces results, it just looks for more action to take. And this is back to that bad strategy that we can't solve by stubbornness. Productivity is not about getting things done. Productivity is about causing things to be done. And this is a different way of thinking. This is a way of thinking that begins to create systems and build relationships so that things are going forward without your effort behind them. The problem with this, though, is that it doesn't feel good in the moment. Like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. when I make a box and I check it off, I get that little hit of dopamine and I feel like, hey, look at me, I just did something. It feels so good. And when you're engaged in leadership, when you are building systems and documenting and delegating and training. And then when that fails and you're not giving in to the bait, which is, well, I can just do it faster myself. When that fails and you go back to reviewing the process to see where you went wrong and reviewing the relationship and the training to see when you went wrong, this whole time, you don't get to check anything off your list. It doesn't feel like you're getting anything done. And that's the trap. But in fact, by solving problems, by building systems and relationships, you never again have to do that task, which is what productivity is, in my opinion. Hey, and I I believe you. For the the guy that you're a jumper on the New Mexico State skydiving record, all right. For the guy that can juggle five balls and has been on, you know, four TED Talks plus. I believe you. I'm starting I'm starting to believe you that you are making sense. And especially I want this sign on my wall in my office for sure that the less I work, the more I make. I want to learn all about that, right? Because that's just not what our brains tell us. It's not what society tell us. Like we hear the hustle and the grind. 
you know, all the time, right? You're grinding, you're hustling, you're going to get to your destination. But what you're saying is actually the opposite. It is the change of mindset. And I, you know, it's hard to fathom that if I spend less hours in my day, that I, that I'm actually going to make more money, that I'm going to accomplish more. You ever get pushback on that? uh, Well, please, if anything I say sounds like snake oil, just cry snake oil and let's deal with it. Um, (laughs) The less I work, the more I make. Here's what's going on. If you look at your to-do list and and I would urge anybody to look at their to-do list. I mean, anybody in any station of life, look at your to-do list. Odds are you probably don't even have to look at it because it's the same thing every day. You're just copying it over to a new piece of paper every day. It's it's the same stuff. Look at your list and find something on there that could not be delegated for 10 or $15 an hour, provided that person had the right system. I mean, I mean, a brain dead system, a monkey couldn't screw it up. Mm -hmm. McDonald's multi-billion dollar empire built on largely uneducated employees. Why? Because the system has been perfected so simply that nobody can screw it up. Here are four pictures that represent how you um, take the frozen pieces of a cheeseburger and warm them up and then reassemble them and wrap them. These are four, four little pictures. You couldn't possibly mess it up. Provided that the person had the right system and it was, they were trained in how to use it in the right way. I dare say there is nothing on your to-do list that could not be delegated for 10 or $15 an hour. So what that means is the more time you're spending in your to-do list, checking things off, emailing, scheduling, rescheduling, sending out the proposal, renegotiating the proposal, troubleshooting the problem, fulfilling the client's needs. The only reason we're doing that is because we haven't done the hard, miserable thinking work of designing the system so that somebody else can do that. But the more time we spend doing that, really, the more of our day and our best energy we're spending on the lowest paying tasks. And that's why it's true that the less you work, the more you make, because by building the systems for those things and the relationships, it allows you to spend more time in the one thing mm-hmm. that can't be delegated. Now, let me, let me give you an example of that, because everybody is just totally convinced that their <laughs> job is so super special that nobody can do it but me. And the problem with that is they define their job by like 100 different tasks. So we've got 100 different tasks that I'm the best at, and it's faster for me to do it myself. Even though we have best-selling authors that did not write their own book. They outsourced it. That's right. So here's, here's my example of delegation. Okay. In the world of eye surgery, a really, really busy, swamped eye surgeon is going to do eight surgeries in a day. He's just, I mean, slam busy that day. He would prefer to do six or seven. Ten, we're starting to get to be unthinkable. Yet, there are eye surgeons that will do 40 to 50 in a day. Now, this is eye surgery. This is cutting open a glob of jello and stitching it back together with a needle and thread. 
for, I mean, are you kidding me? And that's why it, seven or eight in a day is considered really, really busy. This is an unbelievable level of specialization. Yet some eye surgeons have recognized that if we just isolated this one part of the task, somebody could develop the skills to do just that one part. And if we then isolated this part of the task, somebody could develop the skills to do that. And that's what they've done. They have trained a tech level assistant to immobilize the eye. And they've trained another one to make the incision. And they've trained another one to take out the old lens. At which point the eye surgeon comes in the room, drops in a new lens because that's the riskiest, most dangerous part of the procedure. And then they have another assistant who's trained and all they do is suture back up the eye and another one that's trained because they've done the really, really hard work that is teasing out what is the one thing about this particular part of the process that causes me to produce the results that I do. And I think if an eye surgeon can do that, surely we can do it too. Surely. Oh my goodness. That was a great example. And I think it, it honestly helps all of us, well, at least myself, put kind of our task in perspective, right? You know, and as I have my to-do list right beside me, I keep looking at it. And I think even in the short amount of time, you've been able to even change my perspective on this. You know, there are there are things that we need to sit down and re-examine and to really, I, I just think you're right, of changing our mindset. Would you agree that that's absolutely where it starts? It helps. It helps. It is a subtle shift between productivity is about getting things done, in which case the mind looks for more things to do, versus productivity is about causing things to be done, in which case the mind looks for other ways for those to go forward. As a, one of my old clients said it best, your job is to get busy, not being busy. And we, we all ascribe to that right now. I think that even in the midst of, you know, COVID, somehow I know that a lot of my clients, at least, and also other friends that are business owners and professionals, we found our, our way back into the busyness, you know, and really adding to our, our to-do list. And so I think that this topic is just so important and not just thinking about right now, but even coming into, you know, 2021, what do you want your life to be like? Right. And a lot of folks want to slow down, want to reprioritize. That's what I'm hearing anyway. And they want to really change their business so that they can change their, their lives. And one thing that I've seen a quote that you really, I feel like hone in on is a breakthrough in your business will first happen as a breakthrough in your thinking. And how do you how do you really help clients? If our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, how do you go about helping clients? What what I would say is don't believe anything that I say. Do <laughs> not take my word for any of this. Try it out for yourself and see if you think it is a good fit for the way that you like to work. And a great place to try that out is mindsetperformance.co. You don't even have to be a client of mine to experience this. But if you go there, mindsetperformance.co, you'll see the Nobel nominated mind scan, print up your, a graph of your thinking patterns. When my clients, when they double their revenue by working half as many hours, 
it's based on the information they got when they took the mind scan. So don't believe me. Don't take my word for it. Just try it for yourself and see if it is agreeable to you. See if you think those insights move the ball forward in your job. Oh, absolutely love it. We're also going to have this, the link to it um, posted in the podcast when I send this out and on all our newsletters and social media channels. I'm, I don't know about you, but I am taking this tonight. So I want to let you know, I'm going to be the, the first at Willis HR to take this mindset scan. So it's a mind scan. Is that right? So, and I'm yeah, looking it, forward it, to it, my mindset breakthrough. Yeah, it's an assessment. Uh, it, it, it's, once you experience it, you'll understand why this isn't strong language, but it's a scientific measurement of the way your brain solves problems. Oh my goodness. We may have to distribute this to all of our clients too. <laughs> so it's, it's nuts. About 30% of the people who take it are in tears because they find the results so emotionally meaningful. When, when you're in a car and you accidentally back in anything, you don't keep backing into it. You get out of the car because that's the only way you can see things from a different perspective. The reason you backed into it in the first place was because there was something about it that you just didn't see. And the only way we can change that is physically to get outside the vehicle. Wow. Well, as we know, when we're stuck in life, you can't read the label from the inside of the jar. So <laughs> when you get your thinking patterns printed up, it is effectively getting it out of your head. And that's how people are able to see the blind spot that is tripping them up why they keep not having enough time, why they keep not having enough money, why they keep hiring the wrong people, why they keep having client fulfillment contracts go this way or relationship conversations go that way. Like they finally get to see where that knot was in their mind because the only reason we hit an obstacle in life is there's something about it our mind didn't see. So as you can imagine how like confirming and affirming and empowering it is to see the thing that your mind had been missing all this time and at the same time, see the breakthrough that it just hadn't seen yet. It's a wonderful experience, yeah. Yes, no, I'm so excited. And would you would you do this? Would you agree that we can do a follow-up after I take my assessment, my mind scan? Would you be okay with that? I would be happy to. And, and I would absolutely love it if you just told the world that it was baloney. And you, you <laughs> didn't get a darn thing out of it because uh, I am aware that the claims I make sound too good to be true. So I definitely invite people to test them for themselves. But I would say that the worst thing that could, that could happen is that, I don't know, I figure out how I problem solve and I even get to work less and make more money. So I would say, you know what? It's a risk I'm willing to take. Does that sound right? Party. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if we have time, I can share some yeah. stories about that. Do it. Do it. Okay. Do we have time for that? All right. So um, a, a couple stories, fun ones, meaningful ones. I guess I'll start with the, the normal types of stories that you're used to hearing um, on a podcast like this. So we had a guy, he's making about 400,000 a year. He's working as a financial planner. And you would think like, what are we going to share with him that he doesn't already know? This sounds like a very sophisticated individual, although at the same time, politicians make a lot of money and they don't always sound very sophisticated. 
when we're listening to them speak, but this guy, financial planning. Okay. And so he takes, he takes the mind scan and, and gets his thinking patterns mapped out. And one of the things that came up for him is that his brain had a tendency to undervalue his sweet spot, his zone of genius. Now, the thing is, you can't make a difference in the world and you're clumsy. You have to be in your genius. And so seeing this as an opportunity, he restructured his day to honor his zone of genius. Now, honor doesn't mean you do it all day. It just means it's the first big rock that goes in the jar. And then you build your day around it. And he also worked with his office assistant to help not only hold him accountable for that, but to look for more ways to spend more time in his zone of genius. He did that. And that took him from 400,000 to 1.2 million over the next year and a half. This is simply the power of getting clear on your sweet spot. Mm-hmm. This is not isolated. We see this all the time, especially with people that are like in real estate or financial planning or law, the kinds of positions where it's a relationship, who do you know, and who knows you, that kind of thing. And they'll look at what they do the best, which is usually um, meeting people, uh, building relationships, making them feel good. And then they'll look at how they spend most of their day, which is usually not doing that. And then they'll look at where their best clients have come from, the people that they enjoy working the most, the people that brought the most value to the company, the people whose lives they made the biggest difference in. And lo and behold, they met all of those people while they were playing golf. So now (laughs) they play golf 20 hours a week and they double their revenue every year. Like how weird is that? Um, had Had a lady, she was making um, cookies. Now these were not normal cookies. When I tasted my first cookie, I realized this is what cookies are supposed to taste like. Mm -hmm. I had been deprived my whole life. They are beautiful works of art, should be in the Smithsonian. When she got her thinking patterns printed up, she was able to see that her mind had a tendency to devalue the role of systems. And um, her first year, she tripled her revenue and cut her production time in half. This provided the money that she needed to choose freely to keep her regular job or leave the regular job. Um, But then there's, we've got a lot more meaningful stories. Had a lady, she was doing um, author coaching and she was her business. It was, she was self-employed. It was her business. And she's bringing in um, multiple six figures a year doing this. But at home, she had four little kids, Uh, little meaning eight years old or younger. And if you've got little kids out there, you know, like, it's like having a blender without a top. I mean, it is just a <laughs> mass consuming energy project. And so she would leave her regular job and she'd come home. And um, what do you do when you get home? Well, now you're doing home job, right? You got to fix this and clean that and order this and shop this and fix that. And I mean, so now she's just busy. She's like busy and, and she wasn't as present with her kids as she wanted to be. Her, her kids are home and she's home, but she's not like with them. She's having to do home stuff. Now she's married to a great guy, but sometimes great guys don't get it. They don't hear what you're saying. They don't see your worldview. And she had tried all the stuff that you know to try to get help in that situation. Mm-hmm. And you know how well that works. Well, then she, she takes the mind scan and in, in that process, she was able to see 
how her brain was solving problems in communication and relationship and how it valued that and how sometimes when we overvalue something, it becomes a blind spot because we're holding it too close to our face. We can't see um, the rest of it. Taking this insight and a small conversation pattern that she learned in the process of going through the mind scan to help leverage this as a new strength of hers, she went back to her, her husband, only this time she was able to put the information in the order that the brain processes it best. He heard her and it created 10, I can't understate this. I mean, just 10 free hours a week to be present with her kids and not busy. 10 free hours at home a week to be present. This is like one of my favorite stories ever. Now, having learned the way that her brain processed language and the way that she had a tendency to overvalue certain things in communication, and how that had become a blind spot in this communication with her spouse and the mir miraculous printing of time that it created at home to be present with her kids. She then took that new skill set and new awareness back to her regular job and created 30 free hours during the week, during the day in her regular job where she could be focused on her business and out of the weeds administratively working in her business. One of my favorite stories ever, um, mostly because it involves little kids at home, which I love. Yes. I think that's the most exciting thing is that it doesn't seem like even the, the, the type of help or breakthrough that others have been able to be a part of or witness, it's not just for work, right? It's something that you can think about in your home life. If you have multiple, you know, board affiliations and, you know, this is something that, you know, it really can help from a holistic perspective. And, and, you know, I'm eager, I'm intrigued, I'm excited, and I'm definitely going to share my results. But first, I'm going to, I just purchased, and I'm moving forward in the process. So Jared, I hope you're ready. It's going to be a great call, my friend. I promise. <laughs> you're going to love it. Break your mind scan. <laughs> 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 oh my but, God. Uh, well, well, listen, if, if our listeners want to get in touch with you immediately, tell them one more time, how can they reach out, get in touch? What are the next steps from here? Definitely reach out to me on mindsetperformance.co. If you like some of these concepts, uh, plenty more that we go through on a regular basis on my podcast, Mindset Performance, and where we even get to talk to seven, eight, nine figure earners and talking about their thinking patterns and how some of these strategies play out in their life got the book uh, coming out. You can get the executive summary right now on my site. Don't even have to wait for it to come out. You can get the mindset pushups and all the exercises right there. If you want to get your thinking patterns mapped out and see what potential could be lurking in the shadows, waiting for you to explore in your own mindset, you can do that mindsetperformance.co. Of course, hit me up on the socials, the book of faces, the U of tubes, or the end of links. <laughs> Happy to Thank come. you so much for being here. I'm so excited. We'll also have your information within the, the context of our, our podcast and also all over our website, willishr.com. And be sure to continue to follow Willis HR. Look at HR Essentials. We have so many new and exciting trainings and documents. HR, that's it's really solving your people problems. So please uh, subscribe and continue to follow. And I'm so excited 
for the next time that we get to meet and speak with Jared because we're going to be going through my my scan results. So no pressure at all. Thank you so much for being here. We'll talk soon. Mm-hmm.